for by the Hawkeye Huddle. Brought to you by Angie Lancaster Remax, G Migs Fifth Street Pub, and Deary Brothers Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Waukee. Now, live from G Migs Fifth Street Pub in Valley Junction, this is the Hawkeye Huddle with David Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge. And hello again, everybody. Welcome to the Hawkeye Huddle here on 102.1 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Brett Ridge, Dave Crane Jr. with you. We are not at GMAX today. <laughs> Snowmageddon uh, number one for 2024 has uh, taken its toll, and GMAX is, uh, is closed this evening. And so David and I are uh, each at our homesteads uh, dialing in and going to attempt to do this freewheeling as we have done in the past Oh, I don't know. A hundred <laughs> times out of the seven hundred, the seven hundred shows we've done, or the, I, actually, we've got to be over that. But I think we've counted up fifty or sixty different locations where we've been remote. So it can't hurt to try to do it from our homes uh, today. But uh, David, uh, still, no matter what happens, uh, it seems like football is still front and center for the Iowa Hawkeyes <laughs> uh, as things uh, take yeah, shape here in January, right? Irrespective of the the exploits of the great Caitlin Clark uh, last Tuesday night following our yep. show, um, as you, you and I were texting each other going, I mean, just how much fun that the women's team is, which we've talked about many times. But uh, for her to hit that logo, step back logo three to win and then to go on the road and have that scene out in New Jersey – she looked like the Beatles trying to get off the court. Football, with its returns in all that, will always garner the headlines, um, which is interesting considering it. the NFL is going to put the playoff game on Saturday night on Peacock, and the Iowa women will be on Fox National at the same time. It, um, it is, it is, uh, it's interesting because I feel like... Um, Fox feels like they'll draw very well, right? They get we get Gus Johnson, which is kind of fun. Fox feels like they will draw very well um, uh, for for a, an evening Saturday game, and then on top of that, uh, clearly, you know, they're trying to drive revenue to Peacock, and um, this is a good excuse for that. But boy, they they have ticked off some Kansas City Chiefs fans, I think. And you know, at this point in time, I, I think it does get bar on a little bit ridiculous, but it's neat that. Uh, Caitlin Clark is that kind of a draw, and and you know yes, regard. I, I guess we were going to start with football, but I will say this: what what I what I texted to you um, after the game was not only you know, <laughs> holy cow, you know, just her doing the stuff that she does every week, but the number of tweets uh, and the the amount of people paying attention to that game in the middle of the week that started at eight o'clock on a Tuesday night in the middle of winter, nine o'clock Eastern. <laughs> I mean, it, yes. I mean, it was, it's, it's just, um, it's noticeable when you see that kind of, of social media activity around a women's basketball game in the first place, let alone one between uh, a, a ranked team and an unranked team. Um, and, and it's just that many people were tracking and on a night when, by the way, the men's team had played already. Um, and I, Suppose maybe had made everybody a little bit ill, and they wanted to feel a little bit better. But, um, <laughs> but I, you know, I, it's just it's, it garners that kind of. And then, like you say, the the scene in in uh, New Jersey was crazy on on Friday night, and it's going to be uh, it'll be nuts uh, against Indiana 
um, coming up this Saturday night as well in Carver Hawkeye. But um, yeah, you know, from the, from a football standpoint, <clears throat> you know, we were, we've we've got a number of things we're waiting on, right? This team ends up, uh, you know, Iowa goes ten and ten and four on the year, um, and you know, but ten and two in the regular season, and and you know, Big Ten West champions. You can't take that away from them, no matter how bad you want to bag on the offense. But here you are, you're turning around and you're looking at all these guys who could possibly return. So we've been waiting for all this. We're still waiting on an offensive coordinator, but uh, boy, talk about a, a week full of good news. You figured Cooper DeGene was probably going to go to the NFL, so that wasn't really that disappointing. But getting Sebastian Castro back, along with uh, Schulte, Harris, and Nick Jackson, but Sebastian Castro, in my estimation, is the player that's hardest to replace of that group. Um Getting him back for the position he plays, the utility that he is, the the tackler that he is, the physical physical uh, nature of his play at that cash position, and the way they can move him around is key. When you add this in, holy cow! Eight of eleven starters back, and really the guys who are who weren't considered starters, they all played a ton, right? Herkett, Lee, Graves, these guys. You can have eleven guys back off of that incredible D. Well, you know, I think you can make a case that Jay Higgins might be the most important guy who's returning, but the ones who hadn't declared yet, I would go with that, Castro. Yeah, right. I, that's what I was where I was going. We knew um, Higgins last week, right? Yeah. Yeah. The the thing that I, I'm interested to see, because no disrespect to Quentin Schulte, but I'm I'm ready for Kane and Stringer. And yeah, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I'm ready yeah. to see what he can bring. Now there'll be a competition. There'll be this having a guy who's got all that experience there in the back end is never going to hurt you. You've got great, great depth at both safety. If if poor can step in on either side. Um, if Schulte got hurt, you know, nothing's – so, I mean, I think you've got good depth there. I I mean, I think you're – you're obviously, you're pleased to see having both returning starting cornerbacks, at least from the bowl game, coming back. Um, now, I wasn't particularly impressed with either one of them during, during the bowl game themselves, but I think, I think both of those guys have got a lot of room for improvement and aggressiveness in, in their play, and I didn't see any of that in the bowl game. But that's just, you know, that's a one-game experience. I mean, Jamari Harris played a pretty darn good corner this year. And Lee, after Cooper got hurt, did, did an okay job. I think the defense is going to be incredible. I think that if you look at what the Iowa offense needs to do, can do, I mean, you got beat by the national champs uh, in the Big Ten uh, championship game. No, no uh, bad things that come from that, right? I mean, you can't. <laughs> what are you going to do? Well, yeah, we got shut out 26 nothing. You know what the fact is? Is that outside of Ohio State, Iowa played Michigan about as tough as anybody. Yep. At least they controlled yep. their offense as well as anyone. Um, and and it also should uh, bring in the reins and those who think that Washington, Oregon, USC, and UCLA just walking into the Big Ten are going to finish one through four next year because defense – will still rule in spite of how great of an offensive scheme and how great receivers you have. If your defense is up to the task and can put pressure on a quarterback or confuse him, even if it is Michael Pennick, then good things can happen for you. 
Saw it. Definitely. I mean, it, it was last night was testament to to exactly that, right? I mean, in and we can you can argue this six ways from Sunday, but let's Ten look ways at it. Tuesday. Well, however you want. <laughs> yeah, till Tuesday. However you want to look at it. Um, you know, Washington ran into Washington, who that played in the Pac-12, where there is very little defense played. Um, and got got the better draw in Texas playing in the Big 12 where there's less defense played. Uh, and I'm sorry, the, the Iowa State fans say congratulations. Your you, you know your team played well this year, but the Big 12 has a bunch of teams in it that play zero defense, right? And Texas fattened up on them, and Texas didn't have a great defense. And Washington played with them that way. They ran into a team last night that was that was more physical. And the Big Ten uh, puts that forth. Doesn't mean the Big Ten is going to win all the time. It just means that right. I don't. I agree with you. I think <clears throat> I think these teams are going to be surprised at how difficult it is. Just ask Nebraska, Penn State, Maryland, and so on how difficult it is to waltz into the Big Ten <clears throat> and play these kinds of physical slobber knockers every week. Right? Week after uh, it's week. One thing after to do week, it. You know? Right. 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 That's right. the key. It's, right. Yeah. You know, you get a nine-game conference schedule. And there's no cupcakes on them, I guess, until they start playing each other. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, sure. Are they going to have explosive offenses? Yes. Has Ohio State in the past had an explosive offense? Absolutely. Right? Um, and and I just think, I think the physical nature of what Michigan had on both the offensive and defensive line. And keep in mind, Washington's O-line won the Joe Moore Award. Yep, they did. Year. And they got smoked last night. Yep. Michigan Michigan bettered them in both both on both sides of the ball, but that offensive line definitely Michigan had the had the the better hand uh the Michigan defensive line. Right. So, I mean, am I excited for this Iowa defense to come back next year? Absolutely 100%. How could you not be, right? I mean, if Cooper was there, talk about your cherry on top of the Sunday. But we have to find an offense that not only is complimentary, but is competent. We have to find, you know, in my estimation, if it, if it is Paul Christ, he has to figure out either an offensive line coach or a manner by which Kirk and he can devise an offensive line process where our linemen are not looking the wrong way when guys come by that their keys aren't so bad that they're looking right when guys are running right by their left ear and things of that nature. Those things need to be picked up and cleaned up uh, in order for Iowa's offense to be better. Cade McNamara coming back, absolutely going to help. Keeping him healthy over the course of a 12- or 13-week uh, season is no easy task. He hasn't proven he can do it the last two years he's been out, Right. Well, and that's where you, um, the, so the kid from Oregon uh, that was going to visit on Friday did not ended up transferring to Tulane of all places. Uh, Tulane had a good football team this year, but my guess is that's a that's a that's a uh, you are guaranteed to start type transfer, right? And Kirk would, would think... not do that. Yeah, that would, Kirk is absolutely not going to do that for anybody, uh, particularly with Cade. Uh, I guess maybe last year he probably did go that direction with Cade. Um, but right now with Cade in the fold, regardless of, of his injury status at this point, he's not going to guarantee any other transfer that you're going to start. And so it's going to be tough for Iowa to generate a, 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 you know, a five-star quarterback like that 
if you're not going to guarantee him playing time and, and they're not going to guarantee anybody playing time over Cade McNamara at this juncture. Now, spring ball rolls around, Cade's slow to heal, who knows, right? But uh, it's right. it's not going to happen right now. And and so, yes, I think that the, the real question for Iowa fans and the real question for the new offensive coordinator uh, would and, and if I'm an offensive coordinator interviewing, I'm looking at this going, Kirk, do I get to decide which one of these quarterbacks plays or not? Because whoever, <laughs> right. you know, I mean, I mean, it, look, it, here's at the end of the day, the thing we saw um, in the bowl game was that Tennessee was able, they realized, okay, Dick, we, we know we've seen Deacon Hill and guess what? He's everything we thought he wasn't right. He, and he, more. He's, he's just, and more. He's just that bad. Five or six. Right. Right. So that you, so they pin their ears back and they come and they come with everything they've got. And our, our offensive line, I don't care what offensive line you've got. If, if, if your quarterback can't identify guys wide open on the sideline for on a wheel route, the hot route, make the throw to the hot route, throw over the top when guys are blitzing because uh, somebody's wide. If you can't do that, they're just going to keep coming. Right. And that's what, what, uh, you know, at the very least, Marco Linus could run out of there and run away from that kind of pressure. And that stops the other team from doing that. And, and when you've got a sedentary, and when I say sedentary, I think I'm being generous, a sedentary quarterback like Deacon Hill, there, there was no threat at all, uh, uh, you know, for them to just, they might as well just blitz everybody they got. So um, this new OC well, is going right. to have to, you know, at, at this point, they're going to have to have Cade and or Marco be the guy. It cannot be Deacon Hill. And if it is Deacon Hill, that is in the second spot when we open fall camp next year. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't even know who's, who would take that OC job with that kind of, with that kind of um, limitation placed on them. Right. But it, it no, does still exactly. sound a little bit like I Paul mean, Chris. Right? Talk about a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now it should be, to be fair. Hey, Hawks finished uh, signing AP poll comes out today. They finished number 24 and look where they're ranked in the way too early uh, polls next year. I think I saw one of them out today. They're 24th, uh, 23rd, I think by Stuart Mandel and uh, uh, you know, a couple of, so they're, they're ranked to start the next season. Right. And that's before they even have a, an offensive coordinator to speak of might even get better with a few transfers. And uh, certainly with that offensive coordinator news, when it comes rolling around. So, um, this is the fifth time in the last six seasons Iowa is ranked at the end of the year. It's Kirk's 11th, I think, right, uh, which is pretty darn good um, at the University of Iowa, especially when you consider where you know what, how it was when he came in, right? So a, a lot of success there. We don't want to complain about it too much because it's so good. The defense is going to be good. Just uh, I, I I want him to turn it around and be right again uh, tomorrow, right? And and but start with a, a healthy offense a healthy quarterback and a, and a new scheme because uh, this could get really fun again next year. And it was fun this year. There is no way that you can look at this and say it wasn't, but it would be more fun if they could put just a few points on the board. Oh my gosh. It would be so much fun if Iowa could average 25 points a game or, or we could see, see an offense that's in the uh, 350 to 375 range. I mean, we're not even talking about trying to get to 500 yards here. You no, know, no. Iowa hasn't no. given up 400 yards of, of offense against them in like four years. So if we can have some, if we can outgain eight of our 12 uh, opponents, that would be a nice. 
start. How about we? How about we out game three or four of them? Because that defense isn't going to give up thirteen points a game. No, no. Four, uh, four, four yards, four point zero eight yards per play given up by that defense this year. Um, uh, I think third yeah, or fourth in the, or in the country. Country. Yeah, yeah. Right. It was, it was, it was that good. Yes, Cooper DeGene was part of that, but, but in, in reality, a lot of that comes from your linebacking crew and and the the guys who are running around making those tackles over there. Uh, it's it's going to be a really good defense again. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We got a lot of women's and men's basketball to talk about. We got a little bit of wrestling. Hawks are finally back on the mat uh, here coming up this week a couple of times. Lots to check in on when we come back on the Hawkeye Huddle on 2.1 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. This is Drake Women's Basketball Head Coach Allison Pullman, and you're listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. And that's where we are with the Hawkeye Huddle. Brett Ridge, Dave Payton Jr. with you back here. Uh, actually, we're not at G-Migs today. We are, uh, G-Migs uh, has, a, has the, it's closed for the weather issue today, <laughs> but we'll be back down there uh, next Tuesday at five yes. o'clock and, and planning to be there for the rest of the, uh, the winter sports season. Uh, just assuming that, that, uh, we don't get another 10, 15 inches of snow, but, uh, um, which by the way, I I'm at 10 or 12. I don't know about you, but we did get it out here. Uh, David, that, um, definitely, definitely hit. Oh, I'm yeah, not no, sure how we're, you get it. Yeah, for sure. At least 10. Yeah. Not sure how it worked over towards uh, a little bit uh, east of Iowa City, but Tom Caker Might at Hawkeye Report. Might still be Report. snowing over there. But, yeah, Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. Is it still coming down out there, Tom? Still snowing. You know, the the, the, the worst thing that um, that you can hear when weather um, is Jim Cantore is in town. And Jim Cantore, <laughs> literally, he's, he's in he's Davenport today. So that's the... The the worst words you can ever hear from a weather perspective is that <laughs> then you know that, the, that it's just going to be bad weather. You're going to have a tornado, or you're going to have a flood, or you're going to have, like we have, a foot of snow. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> when we were kids, it was Mike Wallace is at the front door, and he'd like to talk to you. Yeah. That was the worst thing you could ever hear. Yeah. Yeah, or if you're in, state, in athletics or anything, Tom Wotowski on and wants to speak to you. You know that was that thing. This is this is it. <laughs> that's right. I forget. Oh, that's that's great. Um, <laughs> we were chatting. Uh, we we did a lot of football talk before. Um, uh, in the first segment, that I think the only thing we didn't settle on is the only thing that's not settled right now. I think now. Oh, there there are a couple of of question marks and players, but it's still the offensive coordinator position. Yeah. Are we going to get this thing wrapped up soon? Uh, I mean, uh, it's kind of getting to the point where I, I think you're going to start, you know, you, you are going to really start losing out on uh, the portal and, and uh, kids you might bring in. I, I, I don't want to harp on it too much, but it seems like it's about time to figure this out, doesn't it? Well, I, I, again, there's the other problem. With everybody coming back, there are 90 scholarship players right now. Yeah, and that's they true. have to get down to 85. So I wouldn't worry. It's not that as pressing as like last year where I thought they had to, to go in. And there's another window where they picked up Caleb Brown last year. So the spring window. So they will have something in place, I think, um, relatively soon. Um, you know, I still 
think it's going to be Paul Christ, but we'll see, you know, but that's just been my intuition on, on him being the, the guy just because, you know, he's, he seems to fit. That's nothing more than that. Yep. Well, he's got, he certainly... he's got big 10 background. He ran an offense that Kirk, I think, uh, appreciated. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he saw what his quarterbacks did and, and didn't do uh, for the most and, part. I mean, and and Kirk has, and Kirk has you. said that Kirk has said that he really liked Paul Crest. I mean, he, that was even before, you know, everything happened with him getting, getting let go and everything. So he's always had a, you know, a, a respect, like whatever you want to call it for, for Paul. So you know, it, it does make sense. It's a great, it's a great point, and here's why: as as much as uh, as, as nice of a guy as Kirk Ferentz is, there are plenty of coaches that he doesn't really respect, right? Because of the, their antics, their their si- sideline, their show, uh, you know, the way they approach the game. And, and, and quite, Kirk, you know, he'll he'll say a few things here and there. Certainly, you know, we we know Scott Frost when he was with Nebraska and. Uh, PJ Flag, yeah, the guy up in Minnesota, and there's there's a few more around out there that he makes a little comment here and there about. So he, maybe you know, the guy, really, maybe the guy in uh, maybe the guy in uh, in Happy Valley, it, quite possibly, yeah. quite possibly, right? So when you start hearing him when he says good things about uh, other coaches in the Big Ten who he has to face every year, uh, I think it does say something. I think it really does. So it's it's a great point. Well, um, moving on, women's basketball, uh, Caitlin Clark uh, is, uh, <laughs> broke, has broken a record now. She's the Big Ten Player of the Week for the 24th time, passing Megan Gustafson. She's the National Player of the Week by AP, the Nation's Player of the Week. And now the biggest honor of all, Tom, Gus Johnson is going to come do a game on Saturday night in Carver Hawkeye Arena on Fox National. But uh, this, this hold on, this, Brett, 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 wait, wait. That's not the biggest honor. Oh, on January 11th at High V, you can get crunch time cereal with Caitlin Clark uh, on the box. It's amazing. It, it is amazing. It's uh, the debate now is starting to get a look. Is she the greatest uh, Hawkeye athlete of all time, at least in our lifetime, of, but of all time? <laughs> I mean, um, from a I don't know from a yeah, all time I mean, you're a, talking Niall yeah. Kinnick. I, I, I know all time you're talking Niall Kinnick, and I know I can't. I don't know. Can't go past Niall Kinnick, but um, boy, it's a good question. Um, I think she probably is because she's going to hold national records, not is. just not just Iowa records, not just University of Iowa records. She's going to hold national records. Um, that may never be broken. So I think he probably, when it's done, you know, might be able to say that. I don't, I don't see why not. Well, the, the, the scene in, in uh, New Jersey last week uh, um, with, with the, the kids, certainly after the game, you know, and the, the autograph sessions, and then the roar of uh, a, what looked to be a good 2,000 people who were still around watching her signed autographs as she finally left the court. It's 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 not um, it's different than all of these other really good national level players Iowa's had in football, basketball, wrestling over the last couple of years. It's transcendent, and that's where you start to get to the point where you start talking about it. Plus, 
she is just money at the end of a game. And, and did any of us think that she would make that shot last week? Everybody knew it was going in. <laughs> the, the Michigan Everybody. State player that was guarding her, you know, you just saw her hang her head. She's like, I did everything I could. I forced her out near well, I, half I couldn't figure out why they didn't run two people at her. Just I, yes, I mean, just don't yep. let her get the ball because she's going to defeat you otherwise. Yep, uh, I you know I couldn't believe it either. They 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 took a little while to get it to her, but they only had one one on her. Well, they're gonna they got a tough uh, assignment on Saturday night, and certainly um, you know Purdue is nine and five. I think uh, they've got them tomorrow night, um, uh, and I think both games. Let's see, I think so. Tomorrow night's on BTN. I think six thirty. Yeah, it is. Peacock. Oh, Peacock. Sorry. Yep. Peacock. Ironically, uh, tomorrow's Peacock, but, uh, and Purdue, so Purdue's not bad. Uh, they play great defense. Um, they, they get, they only score about 66 a game, but they give up only 65 a game. So, um, not a bad team. That'll be interesting to see what happens. And then, uh, Saturday night against Indiana, but, um, the, this team is, um, the one thing that's starting to become a, a little bit more clear to me, at least is, this team is is a little bit differently constructed with without a a, a, a back to the basket <laughs> post the way that Monica and Megan Gustafson played it. Sharon Goodman kind of plays it that way, just can't quite score the same way. But I think the key to the team right now, as they start to really flex their muscles, is Hannah Stolke is, is 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 rounding into the player that you know she can be. And if she can go to the hole facing the basket, it changes the way that they play the game versus last year but they're every bit, if not more dangerous. Yeah. I think they're a really interesting team right now. Um, I thought it was good the other night that, um, that Gabby Marshall knocked down some shots because that opened some things up too. I think Molly Davis playing really well. Um, Sid Falter is sort of, I, I, I kind of like call her like Dennis Rodman kind of, she doesn't score a ton, but she's always rebounding, playing good defense. So they, They've kind of piecemealed this thing together, uh, and it's very, very interesting to me um, just how they're how they're navigating things. And, and there's, there's more of a burden, I think, on Caitlin this year to do things than um, than there was the last couple of years because she had she had Monica Cesano who could go, you know, any night and get you 30 if you needed it. Um, this this team's different. Switching over to the men. Go ahead. Yeah, the only thing I'm, I, I think about the women is, you know, the other night, and I mentioned this on, on Twitter, I, after the first quarter, Caitlin had four turnovers. And now against Rutgers, I think she, she pulled in the reins a little bit on some of the what I would call real dangerous passes. But she's, she has been dropping dimes down low in – Sharon Goodman, God bless her, but catch the ball, right? Um, and you just you have to imagine in practice these girls get it in the face once or twice, and and if they can if they can connect on those and make their layups when they get them, then I think this Iowa team this is going to sound really dumb. They're going to be really hard to beat. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just going to be such an interesting how this season kind of plays out, um, you know, because to exceed what they did last year, they got to win a national title. <laughs> and, right. um, you know, and based on, uh, the way Don Staley's tweeting and getting and blocking Iowa fans, 
I it know. seems that's like uh, that's that's boy, that's there's some uh, saltiness in those tears. I mean, she is salty about Iowa right now. So something to think about. Um, uh, it, you know, as you talk about must see television, that would be insane to watch Iowa play South Carolina again. Oh, in, in I, the Final I, Four, uh, Iowa, South Carolina, or Iowa LSU, and anything would just be boy, that'd be something, wouldn't it? And then you get UConn as the fourth team, and now you you talk about ratings for a Final Four. <laughs> yeah, or uh, it's cheap, how about like it's a, how about game. like an Elite Eight game, Elite Eight game of yeah. like Iowa versus South Carolina or Iowa versus LSU. I mean, whew, or Iowa UConn. Yeah, to get to the Final Four, it's changing the game. Yeah. They really are changing the way that, uh, that that the game is viewed and, and the game has been played. Uh, and admittedly, it's, it's it continues to be more and more fun to watch. And, and uh, Iowa fans are right at the center of it. You just got to love the fact you get 15,000 people in there. Um, now, uh, real quick to switch before we we, uh, we let you go, Tom. I just, you know, I, I, I want to get on to the men. We'll talk more about them, David. But Fran with his 127th uh, Big Ten victory the other day. And, um, boy, love him or hate him or however you view Fran McCaffrey, let's remember where, where we were when Fran took over, and he's now the, the all-time uh, winningest coach at Iowa in the Big Ten. Um, I, I, I think it's an accomplishment that people, since the team's not great this year, may, may just kind of blink, be blinking and smiling at, but it's a big deal. And, uh, and we got to recognize yeah. Fran, Fran has been consistently good. Yeah. He has, and um, you know, I think they're one of ten teams that have made it to the NCAA tournament for last four years. So it's it's a short list. I, I know that, and um, and they're you know he's put a quality product on the floor uh, over and over again. It's just it's weird. I, you know, I have my own theory. My own theory is that Iowa fans can only seem to be able to really fully support one basketball program at a time. And they've decided to support the women at this point. And, and now the men's team is drawing less fans. Um, I don't know if that's true, but I think some of the star power too is gone with Luca and then the Murray's gone. So uh, it's just harder to, you know, fans only have so much discretionary income in the, in the winter and, and only so many evenings they can spend at Carver Hawkeye. But, you know, I'm thinking about like Friday night. I mean, they're supposed to get more snow to 8:30 tip against Nebraska. Who's up? I mean, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It's, it's tough. me, and, and that's questionable. If it's if we yeah, get another foot of snow, talking. I don't know if I'm making the trip. You know, I don't know if I'd be able to if we get another foot of snow. We'll see. <laughs> but yeah. um, but it's just. You know, that's the that's the part of the problem too. They're just getting some bad bad draws on start times. Eight thirty tip for a Friday game against Nebraska. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. who know? came up with that? And against Nebraska is actually pretty good this year, but it's Nebraska. I mean, we're not talking about Illinois, right? You're not. And I was got got like right. this. You know, they won the the game against Rutgers the other day, but. They, they, you know, they got to get this Nebraska one. They got to get Minnesota. Then you get back to level in the in the Big Ten before Purdue comes in uh, for the next game. So they've got to 
you know, you don't want to say must win because there's still a lot left, but um, they got to get back to level soon. They need to make hay. You have to win the games you have to. You're supposed to win in order to have a chance to win the games you're not supposed to win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and especially because you know you got Purdue coming in too, and that's just, you know, Purdue's really good, really good. Yeah, they're they're super good. I'm, I'm going to be interested to watch really how good. Purdue plays at Nebraska tonight. Yeah, it, that's um, an interesting I'm game. Up. Yep, yep, very very interesting. Um, I, I I did. I, I, I watched uh, Purdue Illinois the other night and, and thought, you know, I, I, you just forget sometimes what really good, what really good, hard, terrific basketball games can take you to. And you know, I've been watching so much football, and suddenly you see a couple teams playing like that. Purdue's there; they're at that level. All right, Tom. Hey, thanks. We're gonna we're gonna have to run, yep. but appreciate you checking yeah. in. And uh, ho- hopefully, hopefully, you'll make it to Carver on Friday night, and uh, we'll yeah. talk to you about a couple of victories next week. Okay. I may need a I may need a, a dog sled to get me there. There you go. <laughs> well, you pull that off. Let me know. <laughs> yeah. All right. All we'll right. talk to Thanks, you guys. Tom. Take care. Bye bye. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. Uh, appreciate him checking in again, uh, as he has for the last twenty years with us here in the Hawkeye Huddle. We'll be back in a couple of minutes here on one hundred two point one FM and thirteen fifty ESPN Des Moines. Continue the conversation on ESPN Des Moines' Facebook page. 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN, Des Moines Sports Leader. And we're back on the Hawkeye. Hello, Red Ridge. Dave Creighton Jr. with you. Blinded, Blinded me with science. I know. Boy, that's a callback, isn't it? That's fabulous. Thomas fabulous. Kobe. But, uh, you know, the funny part is that you and I are of that generation, right? And a lot of people are like, <laughs> Certainly <That's>, I am. <laughs> yeah, well, I know. I, we were, I think I was, that was a high, I was in high school for that one. You might have been in college. But anyway, um, we want to make sure we, we do recognize uh, our friends at GMix for hosting us for the last, I don't know, five years now. And uh, we'll be back there next week. Uh, it was great, great sponsors, of course. And uh, we've become great friends with the folks down there over the last uh, several years. Just, uh, Spend it. We, I know you do, and certainly I do as well. We spend time there when we're, even when we're not doing the show, and we don't just say that. Uh, it's a great place to, to hang out. So join us there next week, 5 o'clock. We'll be there with the Hawkeye Huddle. On top of that, of course, Angie Lancaster, uh, REMAX Concepts. Uh, you've had personal experience with her selling your house for folks, for you and for other folks. Uh, she can get the job done as well very quickly. So uh, I want to thank her for sponsoring the Huddle. And, of course, our friends at Deary Brothers who have uh, joined in this year. Uh, out in Waukee, and uh, happy to have them on board as well, uh, helping us uh, keep things afloat here on the Hawkeye Huddle. And we'll, uh, I think we're going to add uh, our our bacon friends back into the rotator here in just a little bit, aren't we? We are, as soon as uh, we're able to uh, track down Brooks from his international travels. It, it seems like that that was, yeah, well, he had a big one, didn't he? Oh, we'll have to talk about that later. He did. He had a big yeah. international trip coming up. Yep. All right. Hey, real quickly. Um, uh, let's uh, talk a little Iowa baseball uh, and, and people will find, we're going to talk more and more about uh, baseball as the, as this year, uh, certainly because this is going to be a really good, good baseball team. Uh, uh, the perfect game ranked Iowa uh, this last week, number 16 in the country uh, to start the preseason. There's uh, there's definitely um, some other folks out there who are predicting Iowa to the college world series. This is, this is new territory, David, uh, you know, uh, they've been good the last few years, but this is new territory. Brody Brecht is a uh, first-team preseason All-American by perfect game as well. 
and uh, and it's important to to to, to start to look at this. Uh, they're going to start in the Swig and Swine College Classic in just about a month, February fifteenth through the seventeenth in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. It's coming up, and this is a year when Iowa fans should really enjoy the product that's going to be on the field. Oh, for sure, and you know a guy doesn't get enough Swig and Swine. No, absolutely not. Why not? <laughs> uh, some good teams in there too. I think Seton. They start off with Seton Hall, so they're they're going to be uh, they're going to be playing some names as well. So, um, but it's 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 going to be fun. We're gonna we're gonna talk a lot more about them as they get things rolling, uh, and uh, certainly uh, be paying attention. We we did uh, you and I did make it over to the Big Ten Championship uh, this last summer. That was a lot of fun. And uh, boy, how much fun would it be if we were going over there to College World Series watch the Hawks play? Man, that would be well. That would be that'd be spectacular. And and the one thing about it, the Hawks have got a tremendously good and deep pitching rotation this year. And uh, keeping those guys healthy, make sure nobody gambles, and we should be fine. <laughs> Yeah, I, we can we can still go back and look at this. I I will say, and I I think it it bore itself out. I think they were going to the College World Series if Keaton Anthony was able to play at, uh, through the through the whole year last year. I really do. They were that good. All right, moving to wrestling. Uh, the, the they're back on the mat Friday and I think Monday. Uh, Friday um, versus Nebraska, and uh, I, I guess I wasn't aware until I started taking a look at things today. Nebraska's ranked sixth in the country. Uh, that's Friday night, uh, 6.30 on BTN, and then um, and they're at Nebraska. And then um, Monday versus uh, Minnesota, who's uh, number 10, and that also on BTN at 7 o'clock. Um, so this is going to be interesting to see who all hits the mat for the Hawks, uh, David, I, particularly with the news that Ben Keeter has been uh, in, in, the, in the wrestling room now, that football's done. Um, but it still sounds like maybe Bradley Hill is the, is the heavyweight, but that might be uh, the tipping point for a number of these of these uh, dual meets for the Hawks is what happens at, at the heavyweight uh, when they when they wrap the, the the match up. Well, there's no question. And and Tom Brands, who you and I have had the pleasure of of speaking with many times, pulls no punches when it comes to this. And he's like, I really like what Ben Keeter has under the hood. Um, and uh, that's Tom Brands classically saying. This dude is my kind of guy, and it will be great to see him out there. He's got to get into full wrestling shape, right, to be able to go out there for eight minutes or seven minutes or whatever and uh, uh, compete when he's going to be an undersized heavyweight. Um, You know, he hasn't lost a match. I I couldn't even tell you the last time he lost one, maybe in the Worlds at some point, Um, but he's he's a he's a true talent but he's got to get into into truly into wrestling shape i i the reading through the tea leaves i think he's going to give him this week off and then we'll see when they can throw him in into uh, a dual meet yeah it, it, um i suppose you <clears throat> you can look at it you want to win every dual meet but uh uh you may be looking at uh, at how things play out down the road better uh, if you take your time and, and get him in, uh, get him stuck in there at, at just the right time, will be interesting. Two ranked opponents for Iowa uh, coming up this week on the women's side of things. Uh, can't forget about them, although there's still not a lot of not a lot of uh, universities out there that are, are uh, putting putting women's wrestling teams on the mat. 
They did win the national duels this last week uh, up at the Uni Dome. Uh, let's see, Adrian College, they beat them 49-1. to That wasn't such a big deal. But number seven, Presbyterian, they beat them 39-4. to uh, King University, who was number three, 31 to eight, and then a really, uh, really close to uh, uh, close to meet with uh, uh, North College, North Central College, North Central College, 21 to 20. Uh, they were ranked number one, so Iowa wins the national duels. Uh, and Sterling Diaz, uh, who uh, is at the 101 weight, uh, is now uh, the uh, NWCA Region Wrestler of the uh, of the month for. Uh, collegiate wrestling on the women's side, they're 11 and 0. So uh, headed towards what looks like I don't, you know, I would assume looks like a national championship there uh, in their first season. If uh, if all goes well down the road, of course more more schools will come online uh, down the road. But Iowa certainly leading things there. Can't say I've been able to, to dial them up on TV like I have the men from time to time. <laughs> but uh, but you know that'll probably come. Right. That'll probably come as well. So, hey, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll, we'll wrap things up, David, uh, get everybody set for the basketball coming up this week and uh, and finish things up. We'll be back on the Hawkeye Huddle on 102.1 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. We can't prove it, but Google says Des Moines is the insurance capital of the world. Des Moines sports leader is ESPN Des Moines. Oh, let's hope that uh, the Hawks are not... Throwing up bricks on uh, Saturday night. How's that? <laughs> Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. back. We're here with you on the Hawkeye Huddle. <laughs> Wrapping things That's up. True. and uh, uh, Yeah. <laughs> Every once in a while, that song comes to your mind when they're, when they're having a tough time shooting. Um, let's talk men. to watch men. Peyton get hot. Uh, let's talk men's. And, yes, I, 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 I think that, that was Owen Freeman. Terrific week. Sanford showing us on Saturday what he can do. Uh, the, the key to that, I'm sorry, but the key to the, to, the, to the men's team is if that kid gets hot, everything else opens up, right? right. I, I think there are other things that can happen, certainly, to make that help that team win. But, boy, it sure makes a difference when he's going five for eight from three and scoring 24 points like that. Uh, it just, as you say, you need to have – you need to have a scoring guy, a scoring dog, right? And yep. and we haven't the Hawks have not consistently been able to find that this year. But at the end of the day, when when you can get a Peyton, when you can get some quality points out of Dix, when you can uh get Tony Freeman to play great defense, cause steals, and get breakouts. That does make everything because, you know, clearly Cricky has proven he can score. Freeman's going to give you 10 and 8 every night. Um, you just, you got to find that that other person. And especially if Patrick is still out, uh, illness, whatever it might be, um, you know, he's a fragile guy. And he needs to see good things happen, I think, mentally in order to have good things, you know, for his confidence to be there. Um, but the ball moves better when he's not out there lately. Um, and, and, you know, there was a good effort on Saturday. Rutgers, Rutgers plays so physical that they just, they make you kind of look bad. But Iowa, the one thing Iowa has to do is they have to figure out how to finish the first half off well, because the last two minutes of the first half has been 
horrible for for this team almost all year. Yeah, they won at eighty six to seventy seven, and and uh, the loss at Wisconsin was eighty three seventy two. Both of those one point on the wrong side of what you want to do if you're trying to build a basketball net, uh, uh, you know, a score. And I guess Fran's not worried about that right now as much as as maybe some of us it just occurs to us, you know. But but they finished off. I thought you know they, Fran was really angry with the way they finished the last minute of of the game on on Saturday, even though they won it. They were up seventeen or eighteen. And then, yeah, the halftime going into halftime in both of those games was was really they they built things and they let it get back. Uh, Tony Perkins has been, you know, we 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 talked a number of times in the preseason how we thought he would be, he's really the key, right? But but he's he's gone double digits thirteen out of fifteen games. He's not the key. He's going to give you that. Uh, Owen Freeman's rounding into that as a Big Ten Freshman of the Week. By the way, the fifth time that he's the Big Ten Freshman of the Week. Uh, with uh, a, a double double in there, fourteen and a half points a game. These two games, eight eight and a half rebounds. He's blocking, uh, getting blocks down there. He's rounding into the player, but but there's got to be that score, and and it's got to be that extra guy that's going to be really hard to guard. That's going to open things up, and I I think you identify it as either Peyton Sanford or it's going to have to be somebody else out there. And you're right, uh, Patty Mack is is probably not going to be the best contributor this year, they, they may have to figure out how to, to move on with the rotation they had the other day. Cause once they got it going, it looked okay. They got Nebraska yeah. on Friday night, Nebraska's uh, 12 and three, two and two, a much better Nebraska team than we've seen in the past. Like you say, very interested to see how they played tonight against Purdue. And then Monday they're at Minnesota at 5 PM. Minnesota's also 12 and three and three and one. Saw them watch them beat Michigan the other day. Um, it's caucus night, <laughs> so I'm not sure if that's why the game's on at 5 p.m. in Iowa. But uh, they, they are uh, they are they are. We you will get to watch the Hawks before uh, you head off to your local caucus uh, on Monday night. Um, but those are two big. They're, they're like you said, they're games they got to have. Unfortunately, David, I don't feel real good about them getting better than one and one. How about you? I'm going to go with two and zero oh just because I think. That- I think that we've got more talent than those two teams. We get Nebraska at home, so I'll go two and two. All right, and of course, uh, don't forget to watch the Iowa women tomorrow night against Purdue and Saturday night against Indiana. Hey, thanks everybody help us out with the program today, especially with all the snow. Tom Caker to HawkeyeReport.com for Dave Creighton Jr. I'm Brett Ridge. Join us next week on the Hawkeye Huddle on 102.1 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines.